Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. What's good? It's your girl, Olalis Jasmine, and y'all are tuning into Hello Latino. This episode is about two years in the making, so I'm finally, finally having this conversation with Cloud Kent, aka Kenneth Jeremiah Gomez, an Ecuadorian Colombian artist from New York City. Cloud Kent uses acrylics, oil sticks, and spray paints to illustrate the freedom and childlike innocence that connects the audience back to that pure part of themselves. The name Cloud Kent emerged as an alter ego to save him from himself, save him from his fears, depression, and his emotional incarceration, as he says. Y'all, this episode, can't even explain it. Like, this episode is inspiring, it's emotional, it's beautiful, it's poetic, it's vulnerable, all all at the same time. And I'm really, really excited for y'all to tune in, so let's get into it. Your background's popping. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot you over some stuff. Fire. I got you. Fire. I got That's you with fire. some art, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm really excited, Cloud Kent. I'm, I'm gonna start calling you that, even though I know your real name. I'm gonna call you. Cloud you can Kent. call me Kenny. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, Kenny. Um, I feel like you know me. I feel like you know. I feel like we. You can call me life. Kenny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we we homies. We homies. Oh, well, Kenny, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. We were just talking about it for the audience. This is two years in the making. The first Likewise. time we did it, w- weren't you on your iPad and then like some technical stuff was happening? Oh, man. <laughs> so I am very, comp- I'm not tech savvy at all. So um, the first time we did it, I was on my iPad and then you schooled me. You was like, no, you can't do it on your iPad. You got to do it on your laptop. You know, so so Kenny got himself a laptop just for this episode, you know? Oh, stop. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> And mentira. No. It lies. Okay, I'm like, no, I'm a lie. I lied. I lied, but I had a like, I had a setup like 30 minutes prior because I'm just not tech savvy at all, you know. Um, these wow. hands work wonders, but not just on, not on computers though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to <laughs> jump into your story, your art, all of it. So let's start with the first question. Um, how do you identify Kenny Cloud Kent and why? Um, I'm Latin American. Um, I was just talking to my mom uh, recently, and she was giving me a refresher on uh, the story of uh, my grandparents. Well, I'm, I'm Ecuadorian and um, from Guayaquil, and um, my father's side is from um, uh, Medellin and uh, Bogota. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know too much about my Colombian side, but my Ecuadorian side, which is my mother's side, I am I am a little bit familiar with. Although my Spanish isn't the greatest, uh, I grew up mute. I didn't talk much until I, I got into, you know, until I was eight years old. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, so I, I'm just trying to recover memories of what happened, any kind of trauma that's happened to me back then, because there's definitely a reason uh, for me, you know, being mute and or when I did try to communicate, I have fond memories of like, of me wanting something and uh whether it was attention or whatever i never got um like i'm recovering those memories as i've got as i've gotten older a lot of soul searching and stuff like that uh, uh and my whole journey to becoming an artist um you know going into my spanish roots now i feel like is important in this in, in this point in my life right now yeah so can you paint the yeah. picture for us of um your story, because I, I want to like hear about little Kenny, little Kenneth, like running around in, in New oh, York man. with a single mom. Like, can you paint this picture oh, of, of your childhood? Uh, yeah, my mother was a single parent mother. My father was in jail my whole life. And uh, I was raised by my grandparents. 
So they would speak to me in, in, in Spanish and they would get aggravated with me because I just couldn't speak Spanish. I couldn't speak like really at all. I had a speech impediment too. So uh, they would always try to feed me, you know, Spanish food, which I love Spanish food. It's my favorite. But back then, all I wanted was Emilio pizzas and raviolis. And, you know, like I was being a kid, man. So I was a tough kid. I was always, I felt like morally intact. I always was empathetic. So I, I was always a good kid. But uh, growing up in the streets of New York, uh, you, you kind of have, along with the Latino families in the 90s, you have to have armor because if you don't have armor, you're going to get walked all over. And that's the truth. So, you know, I, I've, I've gotten trampled, but, I, you know, I have dents in my armor, but I never I was never allowed to show weakness growing up. So I had like really tough uncles. Uh, and, and every time I would uh, kind of uh, illustrate any sort of what, what is considered weakness, uh, whether it's crying or or trying to communicate, therefore, I never had communication skills, um, trying to communicate my thoughts or feelings, whoop ass. I get my ass whooped. So I'm, yeah, my childhood was tough, but I, I loved it. I loved it because it, it, it made me exactly who I am today. And I wouldn't give it, I wouldn't give it up for the world, man. Uh, like, I truly appreciate uh, life because of that. And I truly appreciate where, where where my journey is going now because I'm learning a little bit more about me as the as my soul searching journey continues. It never stops. I'm a forever student. Yeah, I I'm curious to to know the story of like you know you grew up and you were you were mute. You said you didn't communicate. There was moments mm. where you wanted something and you just couldn't say it. When was yeah. the moment you started to like speak? And what was that experience like? Uh, the moment I really started to speak, I was in Catholic school. So I, growing up in Catholic school, suit and tie every day. You know, my one thing my 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 mom put me through, and my grandparents helped put me through was was good education and discipline. And, and if it wasn't for the, this type of schooling, I, I'd be a nutcase. I feel. <laughs> um, so. I would always remember being uh, the only one in my class being dragged to like a, a therapist. Uh, and I would always question, even at that age, like, why am I the only one like talking to these weird people? At that time, I was like, this is weird. Like, why? But I couldn't communicate that. I was just, but I, I started to piece the puzzles a, a little bit growing up. And then my teachers would encourage me to speak aloud um, in class and uh, and reading slowly but surely. You know, I, I got uh, really good teachers growing up, like in, in the eighth grade, especially that helped me dissect sentences, dissect paragraphs and just like uh, really take the word language arts and, and really take it as an art. So now. I'm able to, uh, you know, speak very well for myself, but that came with, you know, practice and, 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 and learning how to communicate was, was the stem of it all, you know? Yeah. And where's art in all of this? Like, was art always something that came naturally to you? Like, where did this like love for art? Cause I'm, I'm like thinking of it very poetically. I'm like, oh, he's, yeah, he's it's poetic to, justice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not able to speak, but like, were you able to create? Like, I want to know that yes. like marriage of art. That's a beautiful question, man. I might become sentimental right now. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, uh, what you call it? Yeah. Uh, it, like I said, it, it is a little bit of poetic justice. Uh, I grew up with uh, no father, and uh, my father was in jail my whole life. And the funny thing is, ironic, my mom was a cop for 20 plus years, NYPD. Wow. Uh, so that dynamic. You could imagine it caused it caused a ruckus. So uh, <laughs> while my dad was in jail, he would send me postcards. He would send me uh, like handkerchiefs with like Ninja Turtles or the Wolverine or any Marvel character you you could think of. He he drew it and he would send it to me. And I'm like growing up like six, seven, eight, nine, that tender age. I never thought of the bad that he did. I never questioned it. I would I would just receive the artwork and I, I thought of it as timeless. Um and it and it and it forged it forged my future. And and throughout this whole process, um like I, I think about it because I've always been creative, but like growing up, 
art wasn't really catered um, like in school for me or it wasn't catered in the environment that I lived in, my my Latin environment that I lived in. Uh, it was considered more of a, of, you know, ¿Por qué tú estás haciendo eso? You know, why are you wasting your time doing that? Or, or, you know, that's weak or that's girly. And so I grew up in that kind of environment, which is unfortunate. But like I said, uh, I'm proud today because I'm able to make a, a beautiful living out of it. And I'm able to express myself almost as if I'm a kid again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm living out my childhood again, man. I'm still a, I'm still a big ass kid. Can I, can I say curse? Oh yes. You know, I'm yeah. still, I'm still a big ass kid, man. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my father definitely influenced it. And over the years I've gotten support from, from my family, which for me, it goes back to kind of like me growing up mute. Like I've always wanted some kind of appreciation growing up. Like, I really have been thinking about this, especially for this podcast um, of why, you know, that's very important. Like, why? Why was I like that? What kind of trauma did I go through? And I'm unraveling these little mysteries in my head. And the more I do my my meditation, the more I do like art, the art of breathing. Uh, it's like uh, they're synchronizing. These neurons are connecting. And I'm just like, wow, that, is that really what happened? Wow. You know, it's it's time to unravel that. It's time to. Uh, maybe illustrate it in a way where 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 other people can learn from. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's like I said, it it wasn't always uh, influenced by my family. Definitely not my environment because it was looked at as, as, as soft. Um, and, and you know, and I grew up just like being a, a closet artist. <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much the the best way I could explain it. Until I, I moved from New York. Uh, I had to move away from New York. I got into too much trouble. Uh, not me personally doing tr trouble things, but trouble always seeming to find me. I don't know if it was an energy thing or a magnetic thing. I've always been really solid and really uh, uh, loyal to my moral compass. So I think it was a matter of people are not used to that, that type of energy. And, and people would just be threatened by it, like, like some kind of light. I've always had light in me. So yeah. I, I don't think people like that. And so I had to move at 18, 19, move to Florida, slow my ass down. Mm. And I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the, what, what was that move like? Because I'm actually, oh, yeah. let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. I want to know how you navigated. I mean, as a man, as a Latino man, yeah. I, I just have a soft spot for our, our, our Latino men, because I know the kind of environment I grew up with older brothers. Like I know the environment that they grow up in. And I know this whole term about like, that's soft. Like, no, you can't do that. Like you have yeah. these, these reglas or you have all these rules that you got to follow. Yeah. And it's, it's all, a cold. And it's, yeah, it's cold. It's machista. It's cold. It's, Machismo. It's, it's all of those things. Like how, how did you maintain like this light that you're talking about while there's men around you and and mind you like it's not terrible mm. they're not being bad people i'm sure it came from a no place of love. not at all yeah because the world's hard the world's hard and they're just trying to protect you what was yeah. how did you preserve that light while folks are telling you stop don't do that etc you know that's a that's a really good question um that's something i i, I seem to ponder on a lot because no matter how much I try to harden myself, how much I, I can't, is this naturally in my DNA? Like I can't, I can't be this overly machismo like character, man. And, like, and clearly I wasn't meant to be a hardcore gangster. Like I was supposed to be like, I, like look at my father and look at like, mm -hmm. it just, it wasn't never in my DNA. I was always supposed to be an artist. So I think once I started realizing who I am through soul searching and uh, over the years of really being honest and, and, and genuine with myself, because at the end of the day, you live with your body, you live with your mind. And if you're not studying that, then um, you're a lost cause. I feel, you know, you, you have to take time to get to know yourself. And sometimes people can be a distraction. Sometimes you got to disconnect from family. That is too toxic. That That's toxic. <laughs> it is. Um, so, uh, like I said, it was, it's always kind of been a part of my DNA. And for me, I just 
chose to uh, kind of embrace that and, and, and just really be myself because I can't be what other people wanted me to be. I can't be your um, I can't be your weapon. I can't I, I can't be something that you forged. Okay. You know, like I'm just not that I've never been like that. I have like I'm a leader. I'm not a follower. You know, I, I, I just always just been in my DNA. And, you know, I I, I still have because of that mentality, I still kind of have trouble um, kind of finding like-minded individuals, like um, even in the art community. I just feel like I've always wanted to be a part of something. And even w- within the art community, I just, like, I'm just alone. Like, it's just a weird thing. I've always felt alone in my life, but I embrace it. I like, I, I love it. You know, it's just, I'm one in the mill in a lot of situations, you know, and then, um, I just I just choose to embrace that kind of mindset and just want to be purely me, not what nobody else tells me to be. Yeah. And that first moment for you was moving to Florida and saying like, all right, well, I'm going to just go on my own. I'm going to like, yeah, tell, tell me about that journey moving to Florida. It was scary, man. Um, you were 18. I was 18. Yeah, I had just um, turned 18. And um, what was bugged out is I just ha- I just got fed up with New York. Uh, and I love New York. It's like tough love. I, my whole life has been tough love. I, I know it's love, but man, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I got robbed at gunpoint on my birthday, August August 6th. And uh, I had to turn 18. I was getting out of my vehicle right in front of my house, uh, you know, my, my mom's house and where I was living in at the time. And I got robbed at gunpoint on my birthday. And I was just like, I'm about to die. Um and, and and so in that in that time, I remembered all the things my mom used to say about like uh, just making sure you, you're calm in in all circumstances where there's a, an aggressor. You know, you got to clearly think for yourself. And um, thank God for her words because she really mentored um, a strong individual. Um, and so, luckily, I didn't die. Uh, it was a scary moment, be, you know, just having a gun pointed to your head, and you're you're just a kid, man. Um, I remember he let me go by the great good grace of God, and and I just darted and ran towards my house, and I told my mom, "Listen, this just happened, but I have to leave. I have to go. I I, I need to move with my uncle to Florida. I, I need I need to get away from New York because clearly, I'm either gonna go to jail or I'm gonna die. And it's apparent. It's just so crystal clear. At 18, I was just like, I gotta get out of here. And I, I love my mom. I'm a mama's boy, so yeah. That was the toughest move I've ever had to do in my life. Toughest decision I've ever had to make in my life. So, uh, yeah, I, so I moved to Florida. Uh, I just did all the right things in Florida. You know, Florida's Florida's my second home. New York would always be first, though, for sure. What happened? What happened in Florida? Like, did your art pop off? Did Cloud Kent was that born? Like, what? What are some it took of the a, it took a long yeah it took a long time for even. Uh, you know, what happened to me in New York was very traumatizing. Um, so it took a long time for me to even begin my art journey. Uh, uh, I would have to say 2013 is when I really started diving in um, into creating because I, I found myself depressed uh, and um, going through some issues with relationships. You know how relationships can go. They go south. You think they're the one. It just happened. So um, at that time, I was I was I was in a relationship. It didn't work out, and I I just felt all this energy, and I just felt like I needed to just let it out. And so I just decided to go back into art. And uh, at, at first, I was doing like art with Prisma markers, which is you know just you know just colorful markers yeah. and stuff like that. And I because I was too intimidated to paint, which is crazy to me. Um, and I just felt like I needed to go baby steps. So I, I decided to let all that crazy energy, uh, onto, to my craft at 2013. Um, and then a pivotal moment that happened to me was, um, undergoing open heart surgery at the tender age of 25, mm. at the tender age of 25, I'm 33. I'm, this is my Jesus year right now, <laughs> which is wild to me, man. It's just wild. At 25, I had open heart surgery and it was a birth defect and I never knew about it. Um, That moment changed my life, like just forever. And uh, 
and obviously I'm jumping a little fast forward, but it was after the heart surgery that, that I just, it's almost like I got reincarnated into my absolute self into, uh, my true form. Um, and, and then I don't know, I just never stopped drawing from there. Like I, I never took life for granted. Uh, you know, all my senses are just at its, I don't even know what my peak is, which is a beautiful feeling because I'm like always learning and I'm always figuring, uh, I'm always evolving. So uh, I, I thank God that I had open heart surgery so that I could change my, my perspective in life. And, uh, you know, some people may, may be all mopey dopey about a situation like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm beyond blessed. Uh, that I'm that I'm even able to talk to you or like to tell my story in in hopes that it could spark uh, um, some motivation in, in, in someone or help somebody out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a journey. I feel like I'm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm. A, I'm a kid again, man. I'm just absolutely blessed, man. Serious. I I want to read this. You you sent over your bio, and there was one line in there that really got me. I I like saw and I was like, I have to ask Kenny about this because it was so beautifully said. You said like my work illustrates and embodies this childlike innocence that connects the audience back to that pure part of themselves. When, when did that happen for you? Like, when did you know, like, I want my art to do this or was it even a thought? Like, why is it important that your, your work embodies that childlike innocence? Again, it goes back to, um, when I, when I, um, when it comes to my art process, I come from a place of of extreme vulnerability and growing up as a Latin American in my household, what the fuck is what what the fuck is vulnerability? You're not allowed to be vulnerable. So um my whole art process is vulnerability. Um and, and to know one's true self and and that's where my kind of like childlike art is illustrated and it just, it's just very free. It's free flow. It's uh, uh, my art style is freestyle. It's, it's, it's never pre-planned. It's actually a learning lesson. Every time I paint, I take a step back, I finish the project and I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like I did that. And then when I really deeply analyze it and I'm just like, wow, you know, maybe I painted that because of this situation or you know, it's just so many, it's like a, it's like pieces to the puzzle. Like every time I paint, every time I paint a project and I'm finished with it, I get to know a little bit more about myself. So I, I'm trying to find my purpose in, in, in my life. And through finding my purpose, I hope that I could help others. But above all, I hope that I help myself. And, and it's still an ongoing journey, 100%. That's so beautiful because as I'm, I'm trying to, I'm piecing the puzzles together as you're telling your story because... There is these, you said at the very beginning of this episode, like you're still figuring out these like parts of your story that like you don't remember or that you didn't communicate. Like, right. And it's, and it's so beautiful that you've allowed yourself to have this extreme vulnerability in your art because I feel like our bodies and our minds subconsciously know all the things that we want to know. You know what I mean? And when yeah. it comes out in your art, it's just 100%. such a beautiful way to piece together a story because it's, it's totally you. It's vulnerable. Yes, 100%. You hit the head on the nail. Um, I feel like we do all, we, we, we as beings, we as human beings, we have the answers. Mm-hmm. I feel like we do have the answers. It's just a matter of, um, you see, I think the problem is that we have so many distractions in this world. We have social media. We have all the answers in a phone, which I don't even know how to use a phone. Um, <laughs> and um, instead of, you know, instead of using this this object, uh, we like I said, we have all the answers here. So if we could just dive in a little bit deeper uh, through meditation, maybe five minutes a day or whatever, th- th- that's been my secret. That's been my secret. Just as, as I, I, I've gotten older, even with my body and my heart, um, I have no symptoms. Like after open heart surgery, uh, uh, you know, my heart used to race like crazy. It's like having a bull heart, like a boom, boom, like a, a monster heart. 
and I just had a, uh, I had to study the, I had to master the art of uh, breathing and master the art of oneself and having my energy intact. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you don't, then you, you're going to go haywire, just like a computer. So, yeah, we have we have the answers. We just got to listen. We just got to listen a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. When did um, I want to hear about your first piece? Like, when did you pick up the paintbrush? When did you like create your first piece? And I want to know about that experience. Like what was going through your mind when you did that? My first piece. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I have thousands of pieces. Uh, my first piece, you know what? Uh, or maybe the first one me, that meant something to you, you know, the first one. That yeah, let me, that's something. exactly yeah. what I was going to segue to because I have pieces when I was a kid and it was just like, it was kind of bugged out because I do have some of them in a, in, a, in a nice little folder. I try to keep everything archived. But uh, the first monumental piece that, that meant a lot to me and I was just like, I definitely want to do this for the rest of my life I was in high school and I did an oil painting and, and what I illustrated bugged me out because I've always had this freestyle mentality of where I don't think before I paint, I just go in there and I just put my heart out there. And I painted my father incarcerated in an orange jumpsuit with bars, him standing behind bars. And it was very 3d, it was very intricate. I did it with hot glue gun to and painted the the hot glue portion with a silver paint, and it was just lifelike. Uh, the background was almost like like Ave Maria type of style, like like a like a Jesus type of style, like with with the olive green and 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 the uh, illumination of of colors as he stood out, like the orange and the yellow. Um, yeah kind of thing like and then i remember like uh on the opposite side it was like two paintings and one on the mirror side of it i drew like a city and it was uh it was the background was orange and sunset and meanwhile he's incarcerated so he's like looking out into the sunset and there's a city there um when i drew this yeah it, it, it for me it was just like whoa like absolutely like the power of art it, it is so incredibly, it's, it's so powerful and, and how, how much feelings could be invoked by, by the hands and the mind. And um, these illustrations are, are, are bugged out. Even to this day, I still, I'm still bugged out by illustrations, like not only by my, from myself, but from, from the legends and, and from the art that I see on uh, online and art is powerful. Any form of art, is powerful. So I just knew I wanted to be a part of that. I just never had a mentor. I never, I never had uh, somebody to guide me, not even in, in, you know, not even in class. It was just like, whatever, you know, art class. And um, I, I, I had to forge myself into that kind of uh, weapon, into that kind of artist, yeah. um, which is, which is an absolute blessing. I'm glad that, that um, I'm living my absolute true self. Um, and it took a long time <laughs> for me to be to the point where I can I, I can say I'm making um, major improvements and evolving into the man that I want. I've always wanted to be today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so beautiful. When I want to now backtrack to your childhood, because. One thing that you said that was very powerful was saying like you would get this art from your dad and you would you wouldn't think about all the wrongs he did you would just look at the art and think of it as timeless how did you as a kid make sense of this dynamic of your mom being a single mom being raised by your grandparents and then your dad being in jail like how did you make sense of the environment that you were in I wish I could relive these moments because like I said like um I feel like a lot of my memories have just faded and it's probably faded because of, um, of some trauma that I went through and I'm still trying to figure out that trauma. But there's, there's some things that has happened to me that my, my mother uh, has revealed, which is just bugged out. I don't even know if I should say it, uh, that it just things kind of just make sense. And um I know I just always wanted some attention. I just wanted some tender love and some soft love. 
And, and I know I didn't get that from my, too much from my from my um my father uh my father or my uncles or the male figures in my family. And so I sh- like I almost made it an objective. I feel like as a kid to get that at least for my mom or my grandma. You know, get that soft, angelic, lady-like love, you know? And I felt like I needed that because, I don't know, maybe innately I knew I was going to become something that maybe if I didn't get that, it was going to be detrimental. Um, And I didn't want that, you know? I've always wanted to be soft, loved, and held, and just kissed. And I ain't never really have much of that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I I love, like, I I needed a, sorry, I need to pause and just say, like, I love that you're being so real on this podcast because this is such a hard topic for men to talk about. And the way that you're speaking about it, it's so, I just want all the men who are listening, who are the same, just to own that and to... And to just walk with it proudly. hundred percent. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you less of a man. Like Not at all. None of that. None of that. It's so beautiful. That's a powerful message, what you just said, because it took me my whole life to literally acknowledge that and put that into action. Uh, any men out there, if you're listening, just be your true self. Uh, by being your true self, you have to sometimes cut toxic people out just like I did. You, you, you have to really sit down and, and just listen to your body, listen to your mind. What is your mind telling you? You have all the answers. Let's take a break. You know, don't be too tough on yourself. Love yourself a little bit. Pamper yourself. Go get a facial massage. Go get some tattoos. Go If you're into art, go ahead and go ahead and draw something, even if you if, if you're not impressed with it, whatever. Uh, take up photography, you know, you know, ha- having art in your life really can help also, you know, but let it out, man. <laughs> if you don't let that shit out, your blood pressure is going to be 200 over 100, just like mine was before a heart surgery. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm extremely lucky. And so I've given I've given myself the opportunity through the grace of God to give myself a second chance. And I'm, I'm blessed to have a second chance because I could be my true self now. Like all those bars, like I've always been incarcerated emotionally and the shackles are released, mm-hmm. you know, that that's it, you know? So I urge all my Latin men or any men, any man that's listening, um, just, just be your true self and don't follow, don't follow anybody. Just, just, just be who you really are. And it don't matter what people think of you. You know, you're going to regret it when you're older. <laughs> I promise you. Oh. Yeah, for talk, sure. Talk to me about that heart surgery for you, because you just said your blood pressure was all the way up. Do you equivalent it to like what happened in terms of vulnerability and not being able to so. like, you know, be like talk 100%. to me about that that moment? You you have amazing questions. Like I can't yeah. like, <laughs> yo, you you yeah, are here. yeah, you're amazing. Um, yes. I, I do think it was almost like a volcano. I've, I've, I've like, I'm living proof of like a volcano. Like I'm, I've always been hot headed. Uh, I've never been one to back down. I have tremendous heart. And I felt like at the, at that age, 25, I was just a volcano that erupted. And uh, I don't think my body could have handled it no more. It was just like, you know, like you're in a steam room and you turned a valve all the way to, to you tighten that motherfucker, and then uh, the the steams uh, the pipes are just like like a cartoon, just like mm. trying to come out. And uh, I think for me, it was having that open heart surgery that that helped release and alleviate that pressure. I'm just lucky to have a second chance. Um, mm. Going through the heart surgery was scary, man. Like even um, I was in the medical field. Like just to backtrack a little bit, I was in the medical field for a long time, seven years, and. Um, I didn't even want to see the doctor knowing this information. And then this one particular day and I was, I was working and, uh, and, uh, the doc, the, the doctor was kind of like noticing that I was acting a little bit strange, started clenching my chest, doing some weird, like, I, it's kind of a fog, but, uh, clenching my chest kind of hunched over and having some shortness of breath. And, and she picked up on that and she was just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, the doctor, she was like, uh-uh, we, we, we're going to the ER. And, you know, me being my tough self at 25 years old, now I'm a, I'm a teddy bear, I'm soft. Uh, uh, she's just like, uh, 
yeah, we, we, we taking the ER and I'm just like, no, I'm good. Like, I promise you, I'm fine. And then it just started getting progressively worse, the pain. And she had to drag my ass to the ER. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. Um, one thing led to another, you know, it, it, I'm going to the ER, they're doing EKGs, they're setting me up. I'm going into a consultation because they found something abnormal with my heart to see a cardiologist. Cardiologist sends me because they saw some stuff with the CT scan. They, they send me to a cardiac thoracic surgeon. And just the name, just the sound of that, it sounds scary. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, I'm go- and I'm going through this, uh, uh, I'm going through this stuff alone. You know, like I'm going through this stuff alone and I, I can't really compare this, that uh, that journey in my life to anybody else unless they're like seven years old, 70 years old, having heart surgery. Like it's very hard to compare that kind of journey. And uh, so I'm going I'm going to see the cardiac thoracic surgeon. And this has to be probably the scariest moment. And um, I, I'm seeing the doctor and he tells me the news. He was just like, well, young man, Kenny. Uh, we, we have to do open heart surgery on you. And, uh, and when I heard those words, uh, I, like just my soul just went out of my body and I was just so scared and I just couldn't even show it. Like I wanted to cry so bad <laughs> and I couldn't even cry. You know, like I couldn't even, like, I felt like those, I just felt like my blood pressure rise and I was just like holding back tears and I, which is, which sucks. Cause I should be able to cry even in front of a man. I should be able to cry. And, um, and he, that wasn't even the worst part. He was just like, he's just like, his voice was weary. He, he, he spoke with no confidence and he was just like, and if I do the surgery, which we're going to have to do it immediately, we're going to have to do it again in another five years. And I'm like, and I'm trying to keep calm and hearing that I'm like, I'm going to die. Um, what is life? I didn't even, <laughs> oh shit. I might cry. Um, that, uh, like I didn't even get to fully space. experience it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wow. And so, uh, yeah, he, so he tells me that and I'm just like, whoa, um, what am I going to do? You know? Um, so he, he gives me his number cause I think he just felt bad. He was just like his personal number. Uh, he was just like, uh, if you have any questions, you know, just reach out to me and, you know, we'll talk about it. And I, I walked out of that, uh, out of that office, just like, mm-hmm. like, I guess all the receptionists, they, they, they overheard it or they'd known about me. And they were just like, like, you could tell, like, they were just like, uh, uh in awe, like in awe of like how I carried myself. Like, mm-hmm. like, meanwhile, on the inside, I was fucking, I was drowning, you know? Yeah. So, um, it took all of me to really like recover and to pick myself up and to even tell my mom that was tough I'm a soldier you know how do I tell my mom who's a warrior you know that her son might die you feel me so damn Woo. so he calls me back with the most beautiful news and he tells me uh he calls me back within like four days and he tells me uh change of plans I found and I did some research on uh, I, I, I'm putting you in for a referral to have open heart surgery with one of the best uh, cardiac thoracic surgeons in the U.S. at the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, he put me on uh, to this beautiful doctor, uh, Dr. Cedric Sheffield. And uh, I've for the first time in my life, I'm like, Whoa. like, yeah, like, OK, let's do it. And then I meet the doctor. It was all very quick. This is all within a week or two. I meet the doctor. This time I go with my mom because I needed some company. This time I go with my mom and I meet the doctor and and uh, he spoke with such valor and confidence. And I looked at him and I, I was like, I saw this this glowing aura from him. Like I just saw that. I saw that light. And I was and I was like in my head, I'm like, yo, this guy is he's like an angel. Like I know. I know everything's going to be okay. And um, he, he was saying, he was saying, um, Dr. Cedric Sheffield, I'll never forget. He was just saying, um, if you don't get this, if you don't get this surgery, young man, if you don't get this surgery, 
I've had uh, football players or basketball players with your condition uh, that passed away, uh, that dropped dead on the court or on the field. And if you don't get that surgery, this will happen to you. And uh, he was saying also that uh, you're not even supposed to be here. The fact that you're here today, alive, is a blessing. Uh, we looked at your reports. We've been studying you. Uh, you were actually supposed to die when you were seven years old. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, like, I, I just, I, I'm speechless at this point. And, um, and he says, but don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. You're in good hands. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. And from then I was like, you know what? I got this. This, you know, I ain't going to die. You know, I'm, I'm not that easy to kill, unfortunately. <laughs> so. Because uh, you got a gift to share with the world. I, I strongly, strongly believe like. Yeah. There, there's this beautiful story that I heard from one of my tias and she, you know, you know, I, I don't know if your family's like this, but the women in my family, they like swear that they see visions. And I really do believe that they yeah. do. I'm like, they, they are on some like spiritual ancestry. Day. Yeah. But one of my tias is talking about, she was going through, she was going through a lot health wise. And there was a story that she told me and my family about she had a dream about her kind of holding this big basket and like waiting for the bus stop. And she's waiting there and she's waiting for the bus to come and the bus finally comes and she's like ready to enter the bus. And then the driver's like, it's not your time yet. Like you're not done filling your basket. And wow. so the bus goes. And that story stuck with me because I'm like, you know, I really, really strongly believe on a spiritual existence level that we are here to fulfill a purpose and if it's not if it's not our time then no like we're, we're not going on that bus we're not going to heaven just yet like we have a lot yeah. to do and i feel like knowing your journey now you're here because you got a message to send to the world and you got art to give to the world and what what happened after that heart surgery i mean you're here you're alive like when did this art yeah. start to pop off for you let me pause for a second because my mother's actually clairvoyant and she she's taught me so much about, you know, over time becoming more vulnerable and just being more intact with my energy and my, my spiritual energy. So like my mom is like your tia. She'll have these visions and she will speak them. And and they, they're just so scary. True. And um, always, always. What was your question again? <laughs> Shout out to all the tias. Shout out to all the mamas. Shout out to the tias. <laughs> to all the Latina women um, that siempre tienen visiones. Yes. But my question was, 100%. what happened What happened after that heart surgery? I mean, you're seeing this angel. You're about to go undergo this surgery. What, what happened yes. after that? Because it sounds like it's a pivotal moment in your life when you started to become your true self. A hundred percent. So... What, what, so let me just go to the part where uh, we're about to get go into surgery. We're about to go into the room. The only yeah. thing I was more scared of, uh, which is kind of funny, uh, I wasn't scared of them chainsawing my 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 um, my chest and ripping my ribs apart. I was scared mostly of uh, of the IV needles. I have a phobia <laughs> for needles. So I'm a chicken shit when it comes to needles, but I got tattoos everywhere. But it's no, not but the same, you know. But chainsaw, chainsaw, I could do. Yeah, yeah, I could do the chainsaw. It's okay. But uh, as I'm being wheelchaired to the room, um, I look up to him right before we get into the operation room. I look up to him and I'm like, "Thank you. Um, you you're my angel." Like you, and I say that as like I'm I'm like all disoriented and. I, and I'm like, thank you. And then once again, I'm starting to see this white glowing aura just following him and just following me into the into the operation room, operating room. And then they lay me on the table and then uh, they, um, the doctor tells me to count back nine, from 100 to, to 97. I was knocked out at 98. <laughs> and then uh, what I saw was undescribable. Um, it, even me being a visual person, I've always been a visual person my whole life. What I saw and what I went through was complete, complete transcending, transcendence, nirvana. Uh, it's like I went through another portal. What I saw, the things that I saw, it was like I was going through space. Like I'm, I'm, I'm asleep getting heart surgery is like 
I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably dead because they take my heart. I don't know what they're doing to my heart. I'm pretty sure they stopped that bad boy to do whatever. <laughs> I had so much scar tissue in my heart. Mm. They're telling me I had so much scar tissue in my heart that uh, that they're just completely like amazed. Like I'm, I'm like an anomaly living, you know. So uh, I, when I woke up, uh, you know, they, you know, they're talking to me and uh, they, they tell me about the scar tissue in my heart, how they, you know, they able, they were able to complete completely be successful at the surgery. Which at that point I was just so happy, but I didn't even realize what was truly going on because I started seeing some crazy shit. I started seeing um, after the heart surgery, I started seeing. Uh, relatives that had passed away i i started seeing some bugged out shit after heart surgery it's almost as if i was not supposed to be there in the physical plane but i was there and i was well aware because like my mom's clairvoyant so she's always kind of like informed me of things like this so i was just calm just trying to take everything in me meanwhile my heart is like beating like a bull and a lion and i'm just trying to take in my visual environment I'm awake at this point and I'm watching my relatives and make make like people friends that have committed suicide like in a gray, like I started seeing gray. It it was bugged out. It's like I wasn't supposed to be alive, but I have somewhat crossed a a a, a, a dimensional plane that for me I I don't know how to fully explain it. And so um there there's just so much going into it, you know, that uh that even to this day, like, I have trouble speaking about it because it is truly traumatizing. It's truly traumatizing. Maybe I haven't spoken spoken about it uh, too much, but uh, in, in revealing it, um, sometimes I feel like, damn, I went through that shit. That, that sounds like a, that sounds like a movie or or, right. or or like a or like a book. It's like like what you said. Uh, it's fate or destiny. Uh, this this novel or, or and or this movie is too well written. Where's Martin Scorsese? Where where are, are they here? Like where are they at? Because like this is too well yeah. written. I I have to thank God. I gotta believe in something at this point because it's 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 too immaculate. Like I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. So at, at a certain point, you start to question, man. Like yeah, I'm really supposed to be here, and I and um and I I'm turning thirty three this year, and I'm like. I'm realizing, okay, uh, th- there's a message. There's powerful messages that I'm still supposed to deliver, and that is why I'm still alive. Whether it's through art or through being vocal, uh, because it's taken me my whole life to to really learn how to communicate properly, and I'm still learning how to communicate properly. But uh, yeah. communicating properly through just uh, verbal verbiage and uh, through illustrating. I wanna I wanna illustrate in the most purest form. And I'm still doing that. I'm still evolving. And this is why I love art. And it saved my life. And it saved my life, man. And you know what's bugged out, too? Uh, you know, I have a, a like a little heart cartoon, like a little heart character. I drew this character 2012 before I ever knew I had a heart issue. So it was almost like I was receiving these messages. Uh, and it was just immaculate messages. Uh almost to kind of inform me, hey, you're broken. The heart is broken. The cartoon character is broken. So it's it's kind of bugged out when you think about this stuff and put it, you know, put it into perspective. You lay it out and, and you, you kind of analyze these things a little bit. You, you learn a lot about yourself. I'm, I'm learning so much about myself. I don't need much company around me. I never have company around me. I'm very much a loner, uh, which is beautiful for me because I'm I'm learning so much about myself, and uh, it's an ongoing journey. Yeah. Yes, you know what's beautiful about you saying all this is um, it feels very metaphorical. This heart surgery because you know you're getting these little messages. You you draw in hearts without even realizing you had this heart issue, but even then, I I'm hearing the story of like little Kenny who just wanted some love and wanted some attention. And I can just like picture this like little heart breaking every single time he didn't get it. And the fact that, you know, it it just feels so metaphorical in the sense that like you got this heart surgery, it's almost like they mending the heart and now you're able to like fully is mended. Yeah. You're, you're able to fully exist and be in, in your fullest heart. 
more than you're fully that's so beautiful the way you dissected that it's so beautiful and it feels right the way you even worded it it feels it feels right like that's my true self uh i've experienced so much heartbreak in my life and and now i'm just i'm realizing how beautiful those scars are i'm realizing how 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 truly the journey has been of just a work of art just mass mass for you know just painted perfectly i feel man it just it's it's still being painted it's still being painted it's still being painted i i can't wait to see what honestly like uh I'm a fan of myself. I'm sorry, you know. That if, part. If that sounds, you are you a Leo too. Crazy. You a Leo. Yeah, too. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm, you know, shout out to all my Leos out there. Uh, we out here. You know, <laughs> if you're not a fan of yourself, then it's gonna be hard for you to make it uh, in, in a lot of arenas in your life. And I'm just a, a fan of how far I've I've come as a man, as a Latin man. I, I, I'm proud that I didn't, uh, I wasn't forged in, into this into this weapon I wasn't supposed to be. Instead, I, instead I'm, I'm, I'm just living my true self and, and, living, and living my dreams. I'm living my dreams now. Like, yeah. it's bizarre and bugged out and surreal at the same time. Yeah. Absolute yeah. blessed. I'm blessed, man. Can you tell us about how Cloud Kent became a part of the, of, of the world, of your identity? Like, tell me about where Cloud Kent came from. Oh yeah, uh, Cloud Kent. It came from a point of uh, I was really down in the dumps. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, 2013, like you know, I was going through the relationship uh, breakup stuff, heartbreak, and uh, that's when I decided to draw the heart characters and uh, kind of illustrate, you know, being my pure self in, in, in art form, and and I was like. I need to come up with a cool art name, you know, because I don't want to be known as Kenny, you know, like <laughs> even though I'm Kenny, but I want something cool, like, you know, like a rapper. I've always, yeah. hey, I'm I'm huge into rap, like old school rap, probably not too yeah. much into the new stuff, but old school, uh, Nas, Biggie, Pac, uh, I grew up on that stuff. And I grew up on the chains and the jewelry and the tattoos that... You know, I love that. That that that's that street New York shit that I, that I, that I like. You know, and um, uh, coming up with that name was pivotal because it helped me forge my identity. Whether it was an alter ego, or it helped me kind of figure out who I am, uh, and, and to kind of put my all in a visual performance, uh, put my all into the, the arts and my and, and my crafts through this name. It's almost like rebuilding myself. And that's why I feel like a kid again, because uh, living through this name, which is my true self, uh, has allowed me to, 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 to start a, a blank, uh, on a blank slate, on a clean slate, and just be who I am without the, without the forgery, without the fakeness, without, uh, without what, what other people wanted me to be. So starting Cloud Kent, uh, it, it, it just allowed me to be my true self and uh, started painting uh, and I paint nonstop. And uh, it, as you can imagine, the heart surgery just blew up that name and just kind of, it was just like a superhero. Like, I feel like Cloud Kent is invulnerable. So I look up to, I look up to that part of me, even on my down days, I'm like, look in the mirror i gotta snap snap you know snap back you know uh, let's get cloud in here because kenny's like feeling a little bit down you know so it's just a, a way for me to kind of help myself you know um maybe speaking in third person sometimes i talk to myself <laughs> not a, not like un loquito, pero I, I talk to myself to kind of uniform myself like to be more in line yeah, with, yeah. with myself yeah. you know <laughs> so Beautiful. That's how that 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 name's kind of come about, and uh, it's definitely helped me with my art journey. I have this kind of aesthetic style that's very New York, very street, very raw. I make no mistakes. Everything on the canvas is perfect, mm-hmm. you know, as, as it as it's in, as it's intended to be. And so, yeah. that's oh, how I feel. Beautiful. I um, speaking of New York and the art style, I just went to an art museum in Portland and I was hanging out with my homie who's from Brooklyn and he educated me on Basquiat. 
<laughs> yes, Basquiat. I got the uh, Basquiat crown right here. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't realize the crown came from him, and like it was yeah. just it was just like a whole educational moment and i'm like this is perfect timing because i'm about to see cloud kent and we're going to talk yeah. about it and i recognize those crowns in the background <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 we got some crowns over here uh <laughs> this, this this piece is actually i call it the art of war is is kind of as i look back in it i don't like to explain too much of my art pieces i like to leave it in the eye of the beholder but this yeah. particular piece was definitely like for example basquiao Andy and Keith Haring, my favorite artists. And I've never had a mentor growing up, never really had like really strong positive influences growing up. So uh, like as a grown man, I looked up to these guys because I feel like, first of all, they're dead. And and, um, I feel like I have died and emerged a new man. But I'm looking up to them as if I'm a kid again and absorbing all this knowledge and absorbing what made them so free in their craft and what made them aesthetically dope, uh, what made their illustrations dope. So I'm a true student. I'm living life as a kid again. And Basquiat, one of, like, I love Basquiat. I actually just uh, did another painting kind of like dedicated to him along with uh, Keith and, uh, and um, my boy Andy Warhol. Uh, but yeah, so I do, I, I, I incorporate some crowns into my work. Sometimes I do upside down crowns uh, to kind of solidify that, you know, wearing a crown in your head could be painful. Mm. So that's sometimes I would do uh, upside down crowns to kind of, uh, it, it's just what, what, feel, what, what just feels right to me at that, at that point. And uh, this is kind of me battling life and having like uh, a story, my open heart piece. surgery right there. Thank you beautiful so basquiat man uh may he rest me i hope he's painting up there you know i mean i'm a little vulnerable right now saying i didn't know who that was um i knew his art that's okay i I didn't know how to connect the dots but i knew his art his art is out there um but cloud kent how can people connect with your art see your art take pictures of your art buy your art how can they how can they be a part of it Guys, uh, I'm a complete open book. You guys could talk to me. Come, come, reach out to your boy. I'm uh, my name is Cloud Kent. It's like that on all social media platforms. I'm on Instagram, Cloud Kent. I just made a TikTok, and that took me forever. Oh. But that's Cloud <laughs> Kent official. So I'm starting to make reels and making art videos and stuff like that. So uh, go check that out. It's pretty cool. I got a Twitter, uh, Cloud underscore Kent. Um, I also have a Facebook that you could you could talk to me on as well. That's Cloud Kent. Everything Cloud Kent. And of course, my website is cloud-kent.com. You guys could check me out. You could read a little bit more about my story here. And I will have the Hella Latin podcast on my website as well. So yes, you already know the vibes. <laughs> and it's going to be a good time. I've had a I just had so much fun talking to you, man. Oh, my God. It's honestly been such a pleasure. And two years in the making, we did it. It's two here. years in the making, And man. it's beautiful. And it's beautiful. I want to close this conversation up with a brindis. This is how I close every conversation. So finally getting the cafecito out. I want to give you the space, Kenny. What do you want to cheers to? And what do you want to manifest for our Latino community? I want to cheers to... I want to cheers to... Finding your purpose, taking your time, and really striving to become your one self, your true absolute self, whether it's through art or whether it's through anything you love, through family, whatever. We need to unite. We need need to unite as men and women, and we need to to figure out what's going on because I feel like a lot of us are lost. I was lost for a very long time, and and it's not... um, you know, it's a complex journey. Uh, finding yourself is not easy. You're going to have a lot of ups and downs, but be patient with yourself. Meditate. The art of breathing is very important, and you should look into that because it'll help you on your journey. And uh, above all, learn how to love yourself. Learn how to love yourself, people. It, it, it's going to take time. I know it's hard, but please allow yourself to to at least love yourself and then you'll start to realize how beautiful this life is we make it so complex but give yourself that patience give yourself that love and i love you guys i love you oh, salud. thank you cheers to that salute <laughs> cheers
Cheers. I'll make a little like sound, cheers sound in the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>